Hello everyone and thank you for joining us on the Outside Interference Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm Tone Fazuls and I'm here with my co-host EVP. EV, how you doing today? I'm awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me and I know this is going to be quite the journey. Just a little background, EV. Um, she has little to no pro wrestling experience. Um, she got into pro wrestling because of, of my enjoyment of the product. Um, EV actually went to a WrestleMania. Uh, she went to WrestleMania 24 in Orlando, Florida back in 2008. How did that come about? Well, I have a friend who is a huge wrestling fan. He came down to Florida just for WrestleMania. He had two tickets. It was between myself and my sister, and I got stuck going. You got stuck going. So <laughs> what do you remember about the experience of WrestleMania 24? I remember it was super crowded. I remember we had great seats. I mean, we could see everything. We were right up front. Um, I remember the guy next to me talking about his plane that he came in. Okay. I remember all the pyrotechnics. Right. And... People going nuts, and I had no idea who anyone was. So, do you remember any of the matches that you saw that night? I think I talked to the people around me more than I watched the matches. Okay. I don't think I paid attention to anything. So, fast forward to <laughs> fast forward to 2018, November of 2018. You and I attended a NXT taping at Full Sail University. Um, you definitely saw because you were right up front in again. the NXT tapings again. <laughs> um, what did you think about the NXT tapings? The NXT was definitely different than WrestleMania since it was so small. Okay. Um, but the same amount of excitement. Um, it was cool because I've seen more wrestling in between WrestleMania and when I went to the NXT taping. Well, it was, you know, 11 years after. Right. So I, I hope you saw... Well, I hadn't seen any wrestling before WrestleMania and none after until I met you. Okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, that was... So, it was a good experience. Um, mm -hmm. The tapings were tremendous. Um, you know, saw a lot of action and they, they tape a couple of episodes in, you know, one setting. Mm -hmm. So, we got a chance to see a lot of different talent there. Um, yes. We also just recently attended AEW's second pay-per-view, Fighter Fest, in Daytona Beach. Um, what did you think about that pay-per-view? That one was even more fun. That was my favorite of the three. Okay. And I don't know. I just liked that there was less pageantry um, and more wrestling. Okay, so you enjoy the wrestling more than the pageantry, as, yes. you, as you call it. Yes. Okay, well, about pageantry, so this past Monday on July 1st, we watched an episode of Monday Night Raw. Right. Um, you know, full disclosure, I haven't been watching Monday Night Raw regularly. Thankfully. Um, to, to me, mm -hmm. the, the, product, <laughs> the product's gotten a little bit stale, so I took a break. But when I did find out that WWE hired Paul Heyman as executive director of Raw... And Eric Bischoff as executive director of SmackDown. I said, you know what? Let me turn this product on and and see what's going on with that. Now, Monday Night Raw opened up 
directly into action, right? Um, we saw Braun Strowman and um, Braun Strowman. And Bobby. Okay, and Bobby Lashley. Braun, Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley went against, and it was a false count anywhere match. What, give me some of your feedback on that match. What, what did you like about that match? I didn't like anything about that match. Nothing at all? Not one thing. Why didn't you like anything about that match? Well, I thought that um, the fighting outside of the ring, now that I've been to live events, I don't appreciate them fighting outside of the ring because it makes it hard to see. But I like when they're fighting in the ring. Okay. It seems desperate when they're outside of the ring. Okay. And so I don't like that part. So now you know the point of that is is because falls count anywhere. Right. And a lot of people. So the people in, in the arena notwithstanding, the people who are watching it on TV can appreciate that because of the action. Sure. Right? So when you're there live, I think it's a different ball game. Now at AEW at Fighter Fest, when there was stuff going on that was outside of the ring, we did have floor seats. But it was difficult to see because we did have people standing up and blocking our view. Right. And you stand up and from the vantage point where we were at, you couldn't see the action. So I know exactly what you're talking about. But on a television setting, it looks a lot different than viewing it from the arena. I agree. It definitely does look a lot different. But every time I've seen a match, unless it's like the luchadoras. Okay. Where they're flying outside the mat and jumping back in, I mean, outside of the ring and jumping back in, then that seems exciting. But when it's all out on the outside of the ring, it comes off to me as desperate. Okay. They're banging, they're throwing each other around, getting stuff up out of the ring. I just don't enjoy that part. So do you think part of that desperation has anything to do with maybe WWE wanting to step it up and maybe feeling that AEW may be a threat, so they're turning to things like that out of desperation? Is that what you mean? It seems like that, or maybe the people that are fighting outside of the ring are not as good of wrestlers anymore, and this is just a way around it. I don't know enough to know if these are really good wrestlers, obviously, Okay. but it appears to me that if you were a really good wrestler, why would you waste your time chasing someone around the floor and throwing them into these little walls and into the crowd? It doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. As a wrestling fan, I can appreciate that type of match, and usually that type of match is once you know a feud or you know their rivalry comes to a culmination and they're looking to blow it off. So they've wrestled you know countless times, and maybe one guy cheated and one guy did this, and there was outside interference, like the name of our podcast. Right. And so they have to do this match kind of as the hey, you fucked me, you beat me because you cheated. Let's have a match where there's false count anywhere, there's no rules, and let's do this. Now, I haven't watched the product lately to know if, if that was the case and this was a blow-off of an angle. I don't think so. I think they just did it for the effect of, as Corey Graves said, holy shit, mm -hmm. which we heard on a WWE program that we haven't heard in a long time. Right. So WWE, I think, is trying to move from PG-13 into a little bit more edgy to, in fact, compete with AEW. Right. So this, in my mind, had Paul Heyman written all over it in order to start moving from the PG or PG-13 into a little bit more adult-oriented. Now... I can see that, but I think... I saw when we were at NXT some outside-of-the-ring going on. It seemed like a real beef. 
it seemed like something happened in the ring. Someone came in, some other outside interference. It led, bled into the outside of the ring. But for them to just focus only outside of the ring, I don't get it. There's no buildup. Okay, and and that's perfect. And and I agree with you because I think there should be buildup to that. I don't think you should just say, okay, we had a problem for a week or two, and now we're just going to do some false count anywhere hardcore match or whatever the case may be. Rumor has it that Braun Strowman is injured. So I think his injury, he's injured in real life. So I think this is going to help get him off of TV for a while because now they can say he's, you know, he, he got injured because they went through these LED screens. And that's a way maybe to write him off of TV for a little bit. So is my assessment correct that it's, it could also be that someone is not as good of a wrestler? So that's why they have them do this outside of the ring thing? I think they're both technically sound. I think they both are, are good wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it may have just been the major wow factor, as you would say, to get people like, <laughs> holy shit, look mm-hmm. what just happened. Visually, I think these guys went hard. You know, yeah. when they were doing show, when they were doing the, the shoulder tackles, you were like, holy crap, that, that yes, really it looked, looked good. Painful. It yes. looked painful. So the impact was there. It looked good. Did it look good what they were doing to you? When they were in the ring, yes. When they were out of the ring, because there were some shoulder tackles that were yeah. pretty impactful. That's true. Did it look good? Yeah, they did it. Okay. They did an okay job then, yeah. So you just hold. You just. It was so to... ginormous too that it it compared to everyone else I've seen, so it just looked so much more dangerous too. I think. So I, I think one thing that we talked about also. You know, they had some camera angles. They had um, the reaction from the commentators. I-, I think that we can agree that maybe that was a little bit over the top. They were trying to sell this as, you know, legitimate that these guys were really hurt. Right. You know, and what did you mention to me when they just stuck the camera on them? Wh- what did you think to make it more believable they should have done? Yes, I feel like if it was a... If they're trying to sell these people were hurt, they would have went to commercial immediately. Right. So that kind of leads me to, you know, what we already know, you know, about pro wrestling. But if they wanted to enhance that believability, boom, cut to commercial and then come back and, you know, show right. everything that transpired after that. Okay. Right. So- and also the commentators weren't speaking. So it was dead silence. It was just strange. Okay. Um, so, you know, it, it, it definitely could have been done better. I think, you know, they could be heading in the right direction with that. Um, you know, second match that we saw was the, the Viking Raiders versus New Day. Um, what do you think about that, the name Viking Raiders? I thought that name is so stupid. I mean. I mean, there's just no creativity. I, I don't like it. But I enjoyed watching The New Day. You know, I agree. Um, you know, Viking Raiders is a terrible name. I think New Day is is very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had Eric and Big E started the match. Um, there was a, a disqualification, or so it seemed, because Samoa Joe with the outside interference. Mm-hmm. Again, there's that name, the outside interference. Um 
seemed like a throwaway match just to go fast forward to have Joe and Kofi um, have their angle a little bit mm-hmm. um, set up. And, and then they came back and it turned into a six-man match. Um, what do you think about that six-man match that ensued after it? I thought the match got better when it became a six-man match. Okay. I enjoyed it. What? Why did you enjoy it? What What made it better for you? I don't know. I do, I don't know. I wasn't that into it when it was this, just the Viking Raiders and the New Day. And then when Kofi came out and Samoa, Samoa um, it became more entertaining. And I got to see a lot of Xavier Woods, which from the limited amount of time I've seen New Day, he usually seems to be on the sidelines, like cheering them on. I don't know if I just always missed whenever he wrestled. But this is the first time I got to see him, and he was fantastic. Okay. So, who is your favorite member out of the New Day, do you think? It would be Xavier Woods. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. He's definitely a strong talent. Um, after that, we move to the, the 24-7 title segment. Um, had Drake Maverick out there. Um, you you commented that the whole 24-7 title um, was um was a little bit silly yes that's the one with the husband and the wife i don't right. even know his name okay yes um ridiculous absolutely okay. ridiculous you know to me I, I think these promos and these different segments that they're doing um there's absolutely no believability with it mm-hmm. you know they are too scripted you know even back when you know i was really really into wrestling during the Attitude Era in, mm-hmm. you know, the late 90s. Um, those were scripted. You know, a lot of people thought that they were writing their own promos and they were doing their own segments. They weren't. Mm-hmm. They were scripted, but they still had an air of believability. When The Rock came out and The Rock delivered something, it sounded like The Rock was saying it. When Stone mm-hmm. Cold Steve Austin came out and delivered his promo, that was Stone Cold saying it. When these guys are coming out today... It seems like they're reading from a teleprompter. Mm-hmm. Does not sound believable at all. Yes, and the idea that somebody would take their fiance to a wrestling match and it's just so stupid. What a waste of time. Then we had Gallows and Anderson come out and they were joined by AJ Styles and um, seemingly had AJ Styles turn heel again. Um, oh, is that what was going on? That's what was going on. <laughs> okay. Um, I could tell that you started losing interest there, and especially yes. when they started talking about the hot Asian wife. Um, yes. It, you know, seemed like it, it had absolutely nothing to do with anything that was going yeah. on. What the hell was that about? You know, I don't get the hot Asian... Have they talked about her before? Again, I don't know if I missed something, but it just seemed silly, too. Then... Um, they brought out No Way Jose versus Cesaro. Yes. What's, what did you remember about that match? I remember the conga line. Okay. The conga line. I remembered his adorable little t-shirt. Okay. And that is it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, again, it's just, you know, these matches are going by the wayside, not really having, um, you know, anything special about it. I think that could be special. I think that is different enough where it could stand out. A conga line coming out, it's energetic, people get involved. and I think that could be so fun, but I think they didn't. I don't know, they just need to, they need to hold on to that and try to tweak it. My notes, because, you know, I took some notes on it. My notes said, what the fuck was that shit? 
That, that was well, you my... know what? It seems like when we watch like NXT, and they have these happy wrestlers, right? Um, they have, I don't know names, but they have um, a female wrestler who's very, you know, hippie-like and very positive. Then you have the bro guy that comes out with the flip-flops. You know, so it seems like they have some that fit that niche of just being silly and having a good time. Okay. So I think he can join them in that. And I think it's a breath of fresh air if it's done right. The bro guy does a great job of it. Well, No Way Jose is from NXT. He came from NXT. There you go. So that's where you, that's where you have it. And I think that, you know, we can agree that we both enjoy NXT more than we've been enjoying Raw lately. Absolutely. Um, Street Profits came out. And, um, you know, I put they, yawn. <laughs> it definitely was a yawn. It was cringeworthy. Yes. Um, now, when one of these guys came out and he was like, nah, fam, I'm like, holy fucking shit, biting fucking Barrington Hughes. I mean, that shit was crazy. I heard that. I was like, yo, they just bit Barrington shit. Right. I was like, you know, that's gimmick infringement. You know, leave my man Barrington. You know, let him do his thing and get your own gimmick. The NAFAM shit, Barrington's been doing that for a minute. So right then, I was like, I'm not even fucking with these guys. So, I didn't see the big deal. NAFAM is a very popular saying. I didn't, I didn't get it, but yeah, I believe you. We know that NAFAM is a, is a is popular, mm -hmm. but if one wrestler is doing that. Another wrestler shouldn't be doing it. But don't it. some wrestlers... I hear multiple wrestlers say brother. Yeah, right? but that's a wrestling term, not not fam. Not fam's not... So you know, brother is a wrestling term? Yeah, you know, you call somebody a brother. This is my brother. Uh, Good brother. You know, brother, 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 I bro, didn't know that. bro, bro. Right. You know, get the, you know, the broometer out here. Okay. And, and so, <laughs> you know, so not fam, that's a Barrington thing. Okay. And... Shout out to Barrington Hughes. Nah, fam, is Barrington. So okay. don't fucking say that shit. That's his. <laughs> um, you know, Miz came out, did a segment. I don't even know. Um, I always enjoy seeing The Miz. Well, I mean, you liked The Miz before The Miz was a wrestler. Of course, because he's from the real world. But still, I'm happy for his success. And the matches that I've seen him in have been entertaining. It's not been many, but they've been entertaining. You know, then we had Shane and Drew come out and uh, again, uh, a snooze fest. Yes. Um, Undertaker came out and um, huge pop from the crowd. The crowd went nuts when Undertaker came out. Yes. And then Undertaker gave his promo. Which um, was fantastic. Very believable. Okay. The other people need to take a page from this man. It was completely in the wrestling realm where everyone else seems like they are on a terrible soap opera. Okay. And and not a nighttime soap opera. No. A daytime soap opera. Yes. Like, like a two in the afternoon soap opera. That's even worse. Okay. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> oh, not, it used to be. it's not even general hospital. No. It's before general like hospital. Like the half an hour one right before the I don't so, know. So funny kind of sidebar here. I was showing you um, some still images of the show in Saudi Arabia with Goldberg versus Undertaker, and you saw a picture of Undertaker, and you said, he looks like a dead man. Remember that? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I said, perfect, because that's what they call him, the dead right. man, and, and you, couldn't believe, you couldn't believe it. Yeah. So 
I mean, I'm surprised. You know, De- Dead Man's been around since 1990 yeah. at Survivor Series. Um, you know, he, he's been with the company for a long time. He's an icon there. And, you know, to me, when you say WWE, I think of The Undertaker. So I'm glad you got to see one of his promos. Yes, I don't think I want to see him wrestle because he doesn't look like he's fit to wrestle. But it was enjoyable seeing him, especially after seeing all the other junk. Now, we had um, Lacey and Natalia come out next. Um, I know that you're a fan of Lacey's. I enjoy Lacey's outfits. Okay. <laughs> I love pomp and circumstance, I, but in wrestling, I don't like it as much. But I do enjoy her, okay. and I think she's a good wrestler at okay. the same time. She looks beautiful. I want to wear all of her clothes, and she kicks ass. Okay. I mean, I thought the match was standard fair. Um, you know, both of them are crisp, and, mm-hmm. you know, um, I thought the finish of the match was, was good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they did a great job. Um, you know, next, we had um, Ricochet and Gallows and Anderson come out. Um, that's where we ended the show. Yeah. You know, I mean, Ricochet is a hell of a talent. I mean, he is probably one of the most athletic guys there. Yeah, you know, and we got to see him in NXT, which was super exciting. Absolutely. You know, um, he has great matches. He's super athletic. But you get the mic off of him. I mean... I say get the mic off of most of them. But yeah, he didn't... He definitely didn't do a good job. That's the first time I've ever seen him speak other than in the ring when he says a little something. Right. And it was terrible. So this was about 9.30, 9.35. And... I mean, we threw in the towel and said, fuck this shit, you know, we're done. Yeah. Um, so it, it wasn't enough to hook us. I mean, there were days, you know, back in the day when I could not get in. I would watch Monday Night Raw from the second it started to the second it ended. And me and my friends would, on Monday nights, you know, we would hang out and that's what we would, we would drink. Mm-hmm. And we would watch Monday Night Raw. Now, you know, if I don't see it, it's not a big deal. Um, I think that show is the exact example of why I never understood why anybody watched that stuff. Okay. That show summed it all up for me. If I had, if we, if I hadn't invested as much time as I have in watching all these wrestling shows with you and documentaries, uh, and had just saw that, I would have been like, I can't do this. So, you know, as we mentioned earlier, we went to AEW Fighter Fest. Um, which was a pay-per-view, so it's different than a Monday Night Raw. And you're not going to have a lot of the segments, and you're not going to have a lot of the talking, but you did have that. You know, you you had all of that stuff. So we got there at the beginning. Um, We saw the buy-in. And, you know, the first match was Private Party versus SCU versus The Best Friends. Mm -hmm. And who's your favorite team out of them? My favorite team is the best friends, even though I wanted to root for the guys from Brooklyn. Okay. But I love the best friends. Okay. Adorable. Adorable. It's a, it's a good example of how you can be adorable and still kick ass. Okay. You know? You, you don't have to be one or the other. So did you, like, did you like that match? I really enjoyed that match. I never heard... The crowd was going crazy for SCU. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I never heard of them. Um, but they did a great job. But I think Best Friends still um, stood out the most for me. And Best Friends won that match. 
Um, I think the standouts in that match was Private Party. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah Cassidy, I mean, he was taking a beat and he was selling it really good. Um, he was. Mark Quinn, super athletic. I think out of, if I had to say who was the standout person, I would say Mark Quinn because he's athletic as mm-hmm. shit. Um, I think he has a hell of a future. Um, they got beat, you know. Right. Private Party actually got beat by best friends. But Private Party, because of that match, ended up getting a full-time contract with AEW. Right. So hats and off And they won them. off over the crowd because that crowd was mainly chanting for SCU. Correct. And you could hear them churning. Yep. So that was exciting. Um, after that, what did we have? We had um, Leva Bates and Peter Avalon come out and do the... Uh, the Librarian. The Librarian. And ridiculous, ridiculous. I mean, shh, yeah, shh, shh. <laughs> it was terrible. Um, so I don't get it, I don't get what they're supposed to be doing. It's boring. The crowd was not into it at all. No, the crowd was just hurling insults at them. Um, it was embarrassing, it, it was embarrassing. And then the match, you know, frankly, the match sucked. It was a very, very slow paced match. It was very mechanical yeah. and it you know it didn't flow smooth at least make her look like a librarian too i mean nothing about that even goes together her look the shushing the guy on the sidelines trying to can her a book it was so silly. the finish was terrible yeah. i mean that was so indie bullshit in that match i mean that's something i would do in one of my matches you With know it was oh it was terrible yeah i mean it was just it was just such a indie Last minute finish. That's something I would think about in one of my finishes right. and just say, how are we going to end it? Uh, throw the fucking book. You know, right. throw the book at them. Right. So it, that wasn't good. Then you had, um, you know, Michael, what was his name? Michael who? I don't remember. Michael Naka. My, Naka oh, Nakazaka? Nakazawa. <laughs> you know, greasy guy, you know. Versus yes. the you know the CEO of CEO, yes. Jabelli. We didn't even look at that match. There were no. people standing up because you had the crowd from the CEO right. 2019. They were into it. They were into yeah. it because that's their guy. Exactly. You know, Michael Jabelli's their guy. Um, we didn't even we sat down. We didn't even try to get up to see what was going on. Right. And from all accounts, it was just terrible bullshit. It was terrible, but it, it's successful because it played into the crowd. They a lot of those people were there because of the CEO convention. They had him wrestle. If they brought out Jerry Seinfeld, I'd stand up to watch Jerry Seinfeld get beat up. But the know? thing is that the you know, the big picture is that show shouldn't have been for the crowd there. That show should have been for the potential of other people watching it that weren't at that show. You know, and right. so you know, you're 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 going and, and you're putting on a show for the 9,500 people that were there. That's true. That's you know, true. So if they opened up with that match, I wouldn't have watched it. I mean, it was terrible looking. So I think it's silly with the whole oiling thing. I think, I mean, I get what he's just being silly himself, I guess. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's too silly for pro wrestling. Right. You know, and then when you're not against a, when you're going against a non-wrestler, it just... It's making a mockery of the whole thing. So then after that, um, you know, if memory serves me right, um, after that, we had um, MJF come out. 
mm-hmm. and MJF cut a hell of a promo. Um, what do you think of MJF? I mean, I I could see how much the crowd hated him. Okay. Uh, his insults obviously don't have nothing to do with me, so he doesn't get me riled up. Right. But he seems to rile people up. Uh, some people find him funny. I think he's believable, but I enjoyed it. Okay. So, actually, you know, we skipped a lot. We had Shima versus Christopher Daniels um, after uh, Michael Nakazawa and Alice Jabali. Um Oh, Shima was good. Shima was good. What do you think about Christopher Daniels? Um, honestly, I don't remember anything about him. <laughs> I remember Chima. I remember the match, but I don't remember anything he did. So, sorry. Um, okay. I don't know why he didn't stand out to me. We had uh, Riho versus Yuka versus Nyla Rose in a three-way match. Yeah. Um, you know, I got to say, I mean, I, I really like Nyla. I think that, um, you know, the whole Native Beast thing is fantastic. Um, but I think they need to book her as a beast. You know, she took... That match went 12 minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah. And for her being so much larger than those other two, I think she should have just steamrolled all, over all of them. It was entertaining, but I think it went way too long. Right. Um, then we had Adam Page. Um, he defeated Jimmy Havoc, Jungle Boy, and MJF. Um, Luchasaurus was out there with Jungle Boy. Um, saved them once. In the match, mm-hmm. um, you know, standard fare in a four-way match went ten minutes and fifty seconds. It was um, entertaining. Cody came out, um, and and you know he had his match against Darby Allen. They fought to a time limit draw. Went twenty minutes, so went the full twenty minutes. Would you think about that match? That match was really cool, and people wanted it to go on even longer. Yep. Um, the, so the crowd was super into it. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. What did you think about the chair shot at the end when um, Sean Spears came out and smashed him over the head? I actually didn't see it. Okay. <laughs> I think somebody was standing in front of me, so I really didn't see the chair shot. Okay. Um, but I hope he's okay. Um, <laughs> he got a couple stitches after that. No concussion. Um, I thought it was a really great match. Um. You know, Cody's doing a great job in in having, you know, a quote-unquote classic wrestling match. Right. And I think he's booking himself great in there. Um, next, there was the Elite. It was Kenny Omega, Matt, Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Um, and, and they went against Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr., Ray Phoenix, and Laredo Kid was out with them. So that was that six-man tag team match. Mm-hmm. What stuck out the most to you about that match? Well, I liked the Elite's um, play on the um, Street Fighter. Okay. That was really cute. Um, It was super athletic. It was high energy. Okay. It was just a lot of fun. They did an amazing job. So a lot of people shit on... Well, not a lot of people. One person in particular shits a lot on Kenny Omega. And that's your favorite wrestling personality, Jim Cornette. He has a lot to say about Kenny. He hates Kenny Omega with a passion. Why? Kenny Omega in the past has... I showed you some of the videos where he has wrestled a girl. Oh, um, that's right. He, he's wrestled blow-up dolls and, right. and things of that nature. If you could tell Jim Cornette one thing about his dislike for Kenny Omega, what would you tell Cornette? 
relax, loosen up. I mean, he's just having fun. Okay. I don't see what the big deal is about him making a little girl happy, entertaining the crowd. Obviously, it's not for real. Right. The whole thing isn't real. <laughs> so, I don't understand. You know, the last match... So, that was... Technically, that was the last match, EVP. Right. Was that match. And... What did I tell you I hope they do for this non-sanctioned match? You hope that they turn off the lights? Right. <laughs> I did. I said, I, I said, man, they got to do this old school and make this a lights out match and say when these lights turn off and back on, you know, when they turn off, the show's over. When they come on, we start the, the non-sanctioned match. When you said, I hope they, this is a lights out match, I'm like, how the hell are we going to see it? <laughs> I didn't know that. But you got exactly what you wanted. So they were wrestling outside of the ring. They were. Okay. And so earlier you said that you didn't really care for that. So in the context of this match, how do you feel about it? So again, it feels... It's. I guess it's more believable. I guess that's what it is. It seems more like I have to beat this person and I have to do anything I can to beat this person. I'm going to grab all these things and hit them over the head and get out barbed wire. And you can feel like they're trying to win. Okay. Where the other match that we talked about, uh, Braun and Bobby, it just was, I don't know. It just was, again, no buildup. It didn't feel like it was a real fight. Okay. So... Did you enjoy that match? Just... I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was thrilling. Okay. I didn't know what the hell was going to happen next. You're like, I hope he uses those things. But, oh, my God, I hope he doesn't use those things. You know, when he put the, tump, the tacks on the floor, I was like, please don't <laughs> throw anybody in there. Or the barbed wire table. I thought it was so exciting. So would, would, would you say that you were in suspense? It was definitely suspenseful, absolutely. Okay, so out of Monday Night Raw, NXT, and AEW, if you had to choose one thing to watch, you had to choose between one of those, what would it be? It, as of right now, it would be AEW. Okay. Absolutely. I've seen two shows of theirs. They have been two of the best shows I have seen of my short wrestling life. Okay. I went to freaking WrestleMania and I don't remember anything about it, but I remember everything I saw on these AEW shows. Who, so could you name your favorite wrestler? Who, who would be your favorite wrestler right now? My favorite wrestler right now? Yeah. Um, well, I really like the bro guy. Okay. <laughs> what is his name again? Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle. Love him. Why do you like Matt Riddle? Because he's not taking himself too seriously. I think the guys in wrestling are either too serious or too silly. Okay. And not all of them, but he is floating somewhere in the middle. He looks like he's having a ball and he's doing a great job at the same time. I appreciate that. I like to look at someone and see that they're having a good time with what they're doing or that they're so worked up that they're trying to kill you. Those are the two extremes I want. So one thing that you mentioned about Matt Riddle mm -hmm. was his faces that he makes when he's you know when he's taking some punishment yes he's really selling it it's so believable okay i don't know if he's that happy but he looks it i don't know if he's really hurt but he looks it so it just makes it it makes me feel like i'm really watching two people fight so in totality you like aew so you like what they're presenting yes but 
out of every wrestler that you've seen and, and you could put a face with, you know, a name yeah. with a face, you would say Matt Riddle would be your favorite. He would be my favorite right now. I really liked Ricochet when he was in um, NXT. Okay. I don't know what's going to happen when he goes to WWE. I like the the best friends. Okay. I enjoy them a lot. I and mean, I like, of course, the Lucha guys. They were great, too. How do you feel about MJF? I could take him or leave him. I mean, he doesn't do anything for me. He is believable. I really feel like he's this jerk. I think he's doing a great job okay. of selling that character. But that's it. My hat, you know, hats off to him. He's doing a great job being a jerk. But he doesn't make me want to watch anything he's doing. So I think this is a, a great time, Evie, for us to, to wrap up our first episode. We're kind of just getting our feet wet here and just shooting the shit and kind of getting your insight on, on what you thought. So this is outside interference. This is somebody from the outside looking in, right. giving their opinions on pro wrestling. In our, our, our episodes to follow, we're going to be getting a little bit more in-depth. And I want to get some feedback on you on what these brands can do better in order to lure in a non-fan or right. a, a fan who is in their infancy of starting to enjoy pro wrestling. Right. So we'll be talking about, hey, they did this. Maybe if they did this, I would be more interested. And maybe these companies can take that into account. And if they hear from enough people, maybe you can steer them in the right direction and, and help them bring more fans <laughs> in. I, I, I don't mean, know if they care about what I have to say, but I definitely offer the perspective of someone that was not even the slightest bit into wrestling at all. If I saw it on TV, I would immediately turn the channel. To now, I sit and I watch it with you. And I actually enjoy and starting to enjoy more some of the stuff I'm seeing. Well, look, these companies need to bring in new fans. They need new I people agree. to support. I agree. Why keep preaching to the choir? These people eventually are going to find something else or die. I don't know. But you would want new people watching this stuff. So I agree. I agree. So, folks, I appreciate you listening to our first episode of Outside Interference. We look forward to bringing you some brand new content. In the near future, we'll keep you posted on any updates and new shows that we have available. So share this podcast. Let all your friends know. Listen, if you have a significant other that's not really into wrestling but looking to get into it, have them listen to this with you. Maybe it could bring you guys a little bit closer. I know it's brought us a lot closer. I've actually, <laughs> believe it or not, Got into some stuff that Evie's like, like Project Runway, which I never <laughs> thought I would do. So, you know, maybe we've got a podcast like that covering our future. So, folks, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to hearing your feedback on the show. Thanks a lot. And we'll see you next time.